Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yep, it's that time again. Uh, Believe Sports Business Sports Media, also heard on pod clips around the world. I am Fred. You could email us at sportsfredadeo.com, sportsfredadeo.com. We're taping this at 3.15 Pacific time on Thursday, Art 6.15 back in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Art source, of course, the former kicker for the Rams and the Trojans. Art, it was 106 here two, three hours ago. It's now down to a, a very uh, nice 102. Uh, as I told Art during the break, uh, before it started, uh, I'm a shower fanatic, so I usually take two showers a day. It's two. It's three o'clock. I've already taken two. I'm gonna end up with four showers today, and uh, this is unbelievable. Art, let Clean me ask. Clean a whistle, baby. <laughs> did, did Did you watch um, uh, Hard Knocks? Have you seen Hard Knocks this this year? I have watched it. I'm I'm becoming a big Dan Campbell fan. Okay, so Dan Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, they go three and fourteen last year. And we didn't see uh, much of Goff because obviously you're not going to hurt your quarterback. You're only playing three preseason games. Saw a lot of David Blau. I thought he had made the team. Now, next week we'll find out he didn't. Uh, he's either on the taxi squad or somebody's going to pick him. I heard the, I heard the, the Jets or the they Giants. They picked him up today on the taxi squad. I'm sorry? They picked him up today on the player development squad. Yeah, okay. So what, what is that? You played for the Rams. What could a, a guy on a tax fund, 50000 100000 what could they make per In year? the old days, it was more like thirty five, uh, But now you get, I think, 575000 which, oh. you know, and here's the thing, Fred. You have to have players to be able to compete, you know, to run through drills for bags. and So they need the bodies. So what the NFL did when they went from 16 to 17 games is they took the player development squad, a.k.a. taxi squad, and changed it from eight to, to uh, 16 players. And that gives them bodies. And in a 17-game season plus three preseason games, most teams, we've done some research on this, go through between 80 and 90 guys. So almost all the guys that eventually come to camp, now obviously when, when, the, when the rosters go from 85 to 53 like they did on – on Tuesday, you lose a lot of guys because they hit the waiver wire and guys pick guys up and then put other guys you can look around for. So everybody's looking at film, you know, those last two weeks of, of preseason because you're always looking for somebody that you can get. When you make up a 53-man roster with the salaries now, like, for instance, Russell Wilson got $50 million in extension today. Well, if you have a guy making fifty million and the cap is one hundred and three million, that means you need eight to ten free agents or low round draft picks who have to play special teams at the league minimum. So it becomes who is the best of the of the young guys. So that's one of the dilemmas in the NFL. You're seeing it with kickers now that are starting to make three four million dollars. They're seeing a guy that comes in and he's just as good as the other guy, and you can pay him five hundred and fifty thousand. You know, you have to think real hard. Is this guy $3.5 million better than my uh, my young kicker? Folks, if you get a shot uh, next week uh, on HBO, it'll be the final episode of uh, Hard Knocks. And that's my favorite always because the coaches make the decision. They'll bring them in and they'll say you either made the team or you didn't. The Turk will knock on your door and that's bad news. And uh, Four times I got that knock on the door, Fred. Uh, how many bring, times? Bring your playbook. Well, the kickers didn't have playbooks. 
just get your butt in there. <laughs> you know, it was interesting watching him. They win three games last year, going three and 14. I think I've seen the total at five this year. Over or under, Art, for the Lions this season? I like the Lions this year. I think the Lions are going to be a tough ball club. I think they've bought into the Dan Campbell concept. Um, the guy's an old-school football coach. Everybody that I heard that dealt with him in Miami spoke glowingly of him. So I'm going to go with the over only because, you know, outside of the Green Bay, that division doesn't do a lot for me. Now, we'll see what O'Connell does with Minnesota. He's an offensive savant. You've got LaFleur, who's an offensive savant in, in Green Bay, you know, and uh, and you got the Bears. The Bears, I don't know what the Bears have. We'll be interested to see what, what Matt Efferfluss does with that ball club. But I think that the – I really think that the Goth and the Lions under Campbell have a chance to win six or seven games and really make a move, maybe even do better than that. I think the 49ers made a good move this week. Uh, obviously they tried to deal Jimmy G didn't get what they wanted, decided to keep him, made him take a pay cut, but a guy from North well, Dakota just, state extending that money long-term, you know, yeah, he's yeah. still going to get the money that was guaranteed in that contract. It's just going to be deferred and spread out. And with the Biden tax plan, probably not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Trey Lance played North Dakota state. I have not seen enough of him to know. Uh, if he's going to play, he can always get injured, even if he's playing well. I'm betting that Jimmy G plays at least a little bit, uh, maybe more than a little bit for the 49ers. Yeah, you know, I, everybody I've heard says that, you know, playing one year at North Dakota State and, in you know, one year as a backup behind Jimmy, I, I really question what Lynch and, and Shanahan are doing. And I think they kind of hedge their bet in a very appropriate way by keeping Jimmy G around. They love him. The players in the clubhouse love him. You got to have that veteran quarterback. It's a long season, Fred, and you're running RPOs. You're running down the line of scrimmage. You're flipping the ball, you know, to Debo Samuel. You know, eventually the guy's got to keep one, and he's going to get rocking, rocking, socking hit. And you know that's why Biscotti's having trouble doing what he's doing with Lamar Jackson. He's, you know, he's looking at this quarterback who was awesome, 2019 MVP. If this guy's not worth the money, then how could Kyler Murray be worth the money? I mean, come on. You watched the Rams in the playoff wildcard game last year. You don't make plays like that in playoff game, Fred. And, and then they put a caveat in the contract saying more time in the film room, young man. And, of course, they had to take that out. But, you know, come on. What are they waiting for, Biscotti? Step up. But I guess that's what happens. It's like, when, you know, you're, you're from a family of lawyers, Fred. The worst thing they used to say about representing yourself in a court of law is it makes that a fool a fool out of you and your lawyer, right? Well, I think when you're your own agent, unless you're Bobby Bonilla, you're putting yourself in a little harm's way there. All right, we're taping this on September 1. One week from tonight, Rams against Buffalo. Buffalo is the favorite on the road. Art, I'm going to let you, well, you're not going to be on next week, so you're now you're stuck. Uh, who do you like, Buffalo or the Rams? I think Buffalo's really going to be the team to go to the Super Bowl. I already said, if I had to look at it right now, it would either be Buffalo and Green Bay and or Buffalo and uh, the 49ers based on talent. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, you never know, but neither Giselle and Tom are having some marital problems down in Tampa Bay there. We, we didn't know what that was all about, that, uh, that little hiatus in training camp. 
I think she's a little tired of the 45 year old guy chasing his football dreams. Cause I mean, there's some things that can happen. And uh, I definitely think Buffalo is a team to beat. I say Buffalo comes in and beats the Rams 31, 20, 24. You know, it's interesting this weekend, of course, both USC and UCLA begin their conference season. Now, in 2024, they're not going to be in this conference. I'm presuming, I'm just, Art, you know, me, I'm not a cynic at all. <laughs> I believe I, I believe that the commissioner of the Pac-12 will put more games than normal on the Pac-12 network of USC and UCLA. This weekend, both games are on the Pac-12 network. It means people like me who have direct TV will not be able to watch the games unless I can figure out a way to unscramble it. So my point is, do you agree with me that uh, to get back at UCLA and USC, they just may put almost all their games on the Pac-12 network? Well, I, I do know this, Fred. Um, SC is going to have probably six or seven games that are going to be televised nationally. I think if UCLA plays the way they're capable of with Dorian Thompson Robinson, they should have five, seven, maybe eight games on TV. But I understand what you're saying. Um, you know, the bottom line is it, it's kind of a sad situation, but there was good news today. You know, we've been talking about the portal in the NIL. Um, they're actually closing the portal now until December because they don't want these kids that, you know, after first two games of the year looking around going, geez, doesn't look very good here anymore. You know, that's just ridiculous. So I like the fact that they made some sort of a decision to keep these guys in place at least until the next recruiting season, which starts in December. That was a good move. I also hear some great news that the presidents and the trustees got together. And if they could come up with something unanimous, Fred, which <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but if they can, they're looking at an eight or a 12 game college football playoff. Now that to me makes a lot of sense. And I think it brings a lot of uh, excitement to college football because I don't know about you. I like Alabama. I like Georgia. I like Clemson. I like Oklahoma. You know, I like Ohio state, but I'd like to see some new teams in there. It was kind of fun seeing Michigan last year and even Cincinnati get in there, even though they didn't have much of a puncher's chance, but I think eight, to 12 games, you know, in a playoff really would be great for college football. All right. Let me state this. Uh, I think you're high on UCLA. Ben Bolch this week in the LA Times was high on UCLA. I'm not high on Chip Kelly. When Chip Kelly took over uh, for uh, Bilotti at uh, Oregon for four years, he had a lot of Bilotti's talent. Ever since then, what has Chip Kelly won. He lost in the 49ers. He lost with the Eagles. And three out of four years, he's lost. He had with one good LA. year with the Eagles. He had one good year with the Eagles. You know, I, I've never been a huge fan of the pistol offense, but everybody, it's the rage now. And I think you're going to see a transition back to the running game a little bit. And I think because UCLA has, is it Charbonnet? Is that how he pronounces it? I mean, I, I pronounce it Charbonnet. Who knows, Charbonnet from Michigan. Yeah. Go ahead. I think this kid's a stud. I think they got to work him. They got a good offensive line returning. Um, I think they got a quarterback that has a lot of savvy. God only knows if he played USC, he'd have 150 rating every week. <laughs> he seems to really step up in that game. But I, you know, we disagree on that one, Fred. You know, I, I look at UCLA and I and I see what they did in the portal. Um, 
I've never been a great fan of Chip Kelly, but I will say this. Um, I think they're going to be a good football team this year. I still think Utah's in the class of the, of the Pac-12 South. I think SC with 49 new players and 19 of the top 22 coming through the transfer portal, uh, how fast can they kind of mesh as a team? That's going to be important. But, hey, you're playing Bowling Green if you're UCLA Saturday, and you're playing Puffed Rice if you're USC. So, I mean, you have some time. The key game that I see on both schedules for those two teams, obviously, ABC, national TV, next weekend at the farm, USC against Stanford. Stanford supposedly has some, some good players, and Tanner McKee, quarterback, We'll find out more about SC in that game. UCLA, I looked at their schedule, Fred. It's Cupcake U all year long, basically, until they go to Colorado. And Carl Durrell is always kind of laying in the weeds for UCLA because of the way they treated him way back when. But uh, I guess Jim Moore got a little upset at UCLA the other day, too. Say they didn't treat him very fairly, but he wasn't the same after his divorce. Either, all Fred. things being equal, would you make Chip Kelly – a favor against David Shaw, all things being equal, or against uh, Whittingham at Utah, or against Lincoln Riley at USC. So no, right there, right there, I'm telling you, we're at a disadvantage if you're a Bruin fan. No. Well, but here's what the here's what they have done. They went out and they got a, a real good defensive coordinator. Okay. He surrounded himself with some talent. Now I don't know what happened between Pete Carroll and Kenny Norton Jr. to go from a defensive coordinator that takes your team to a Super Bowl to now it's your fault, so I'm going to fire you, and you get to go back and be the linebacker coach at UCLA. Pete does that a lot, though. He likes to toss people under the bus a little bit. It's never Pete's fault. That's for damn sure. But uh, I just find – I just think UCLA has talent. Now, do they have the depth? That's the other thing. Same thing at USC. Can they find that depth? If a couple guys come, you know, get hurt, do you have those guys – See, Ohio State plugs them in. I mean, Michigan, they plug them in. They've got 85 kids that can play football there. And uh, the same goes for Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma's got their own problems this year. I mean, their assistant coach, Cale Gundy, you know, he, he kind of did some things that were not really good in terms of uh, saying the wrong words, a la probably uh, John Gruden. But I'm excited for the weekend, Fred. It's college football. It's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Great games. Um, Ohio State and Notre Dame. Who can, who can actually look at that spread, 17 and a half, and not be tempted to take the Fighting Irish in Columbus, getting 17 and a half points in the first game of the year? That's crazy. And then I look at Georgia and Oregon. Oregon's got talent, Fred. They're not like chopped liver. They went to Ohio State a couple of years ago, slapped them around. You know, they're 17-point underdogs. Utah, who has set nine guys on their roster from Florida, what a beautiful place for them to go play. In the swamp, 7 o'clock in the, in the heat and humidity of Gainesville, Florida, against the Florida Gators, that's going to be a good game. So we've got some fun stuff in college football. I know I've been waiting six months. I'm ready. Are you ready, Fred? No, because of the NIL thing. No, I'm, I'm happy what happened today with the portal. Uh, yeah. Again, we're taping this on Thursday, folks. I'm happy with that. Mark Emmert allowed that to get involved, and the, the world is 
upside down now when people transfer after two games if they're not the starting quarterback. That's crazy. So I'm happy they can't move now uh, until late in the season That's or after the season's over. That's great. One more thing I want to talk about before you give us your final word. Last week at Provo, Utah, the uh, Duke Women's Volleyball Club squad playing against BYU Women's Volleyball squad. Duke has one African-American 19-year-old little girl, and I'm going to call her little girl because from the stands, you kept hearing the N-word. Now, we always talk about the sports world as the political world. What's going on where people pick on a 19-year-old young lady? Completely out of line. Out of line completely. And, you know, back, back many, many years ago, Lavelle Edwards is a good friend of mine. So was the athletic director, Mr. Jensen. And he had a lot of black kids on their football team. And, and Lavelle was a very smart man. He was there with Norm Chow and Steve Sarkeesian was young at that time. And their program was above reproach. And this was in the 80s. You know, I'm thinking about the Detmer brothers, you know, even back to Jimmy McMahon. You know, they had no problems with these type of things with the Church of Latter-day Saints. But to hear that kind of things emanating, it just really bothers me, Fred, at a real elemental level. And there's just no place in the world for that. We're all human beings. We all care. We all love. And, you know, we need to, one of the things that I did like about President Biden, I'm going to say this, or candidate Biden, was him talking about bringing America together. Now, if what he's doing right now is bringing America together by calling people semi-fascists and, and I mean, coming after people, I, I don't understand that. There's just no room for that in this world. We're all in this thing together. I mean, there's 7 billion people on this little planet, you know, circling the sun, and we're just trying to get by. Nobody's trying to hurt anybody, I don't think. Maybe I'm Pollyanna or whatever, but I think we could be stronger and bigger than that and take the high road. And I'd sure like to see people start to look at it that way. Don't you think the four years that Trump uh, moved that forward, the racism forward? You know, I... I, I Fred, I don't know. I don't think he's a racist. I really don't. I think he has a lot of other problems, but I don't think he's a racist. I think he had some great policies. Um, people got involved with his personality. His personality can be very abrasive. Oh, but Joe Biden doesn't have an abrasive personality, does he? When he points at people and starts screaming at the camera. What is that all about, Fred? I don't get it. You know, a president should be a president. Presidential people are above things. And when they ask a question, they're, they're knowledgeable. They can reach in and talk off the cuff, okay? You know, he, he has the wrong people running for senator and governor of Pennsylvania. You know, I mean, the guy is one big gaff machine. And I'm going to tell you, if Taiwan gets attacked by China, hang on to your hat, Fred. We won't be too hot very, very much longer, okay? This thing well. could be all over with. I can't stand either one of them, but I, I do think of the four years of uh, Donald uh, J. Trump. Uh, I think uh, he moved racism forward and, and back stronger than ever in this country, not just against blacks, against Jews, against all minorities. And his daughter, he, he, he daughter married a Jew. That doesn't matter. You know, you know, that doesn't matter. The Germans had Jew Jewish girlfriends. The Jewish girlfriends ended up in the uh, crematoria. So don't, don't give me the, uh, the nonsense about his daughter. I'm sure he didn't want uh, Ivanka I really to marry just him. hate that. 
son of a bitch. Don't hundred percent. I don't think. Uh, well, read Maria. Read. I got to tell you, I don't. I have no place in my life for hatred anymore. Life is too short. I'm 125 years old, and I got to tell you. I had a guy that, that took me apart with some money he owed me in business. I saw him the other night at a bar, you know, and I just kind of looked at him and I said, you know what? I'm going to take the high road. I went over, I shook his hand. I said, Hey, whatever, whatever happened in the past, let's let it go. Let's move forward. Cause you know what? Hatred, hatred gets you big, big cancer things in your body. And you just don't need that anymore. Free yourself and just go out and be the best you can be. Treat people with love and respect. And I guarantee you, you're going to be better off in the end. All right. Give me the final word, Art. Well, like I said, great football weekend. I get to celebrate my real 65th birthday in Cabo San Lucas. Haven't been there in almost 25 years. One of my teammates who has a house down there said, Artie, you won't recognize it. I said, well, I was in Cancun last year, so it can't be much worse than that. But I'm looking forward to it. Sun and fun, a little fishing, you know, maybe a little boating. I just, I just, I hope, I just hope to hell that we can get through these, these next few months without anything goofy happening. And you know what? The Dodgers look awfully good to me, Fred. Awfully good to me. I hope Gonsolin gets his arm back together. Um, this kid, this, this kid, Dustin May, they were talking about him the other day. To come back from Tommy John surgery, the way he's come back, he's just blowing the ball, 102 miles an hour. You know, I just think it's going to be great. we got a great time of year coming up. Major League Baseball, the NFL starting, college football. I'm looking forward to being there and talking about it. Folks, anybody believe Art's not 125 and is only 65? Give me a call. He can email us, sportsfred at AOL.com. Thank you, Art. We'll see you in two weeks. Uh, Mario, thank you very much. Please send me the audio tape. Uh, we'll see you around the corner right here on Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Also, of course, heard on podcasts. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.